Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rail Group On Air, a joint podcast by Railway Age, Railway Track and Structures Magazine, and International Railway Journal. I am Bill Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of RTNS, and this is a special Rail Group On Air podcast series on the coronavirus and the rail industry. Hello, everyone. This is Bill Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of RTNS Magazine. What we hope to accomplish with this podcast series on the coronavirus and how it is affecting the transit and rail industries is provide you with some of the latest information and updates. Late on March 25th, a student train operator for the Valley Transportation Authority in California tested positive for COVID-19. VTA suspended light rail service immediately. I had the chance to talk to Brandy Childress, who is the Media and Public Affairs Manager for VTA, and we discussed VTA's response to the COVID-19 case and how the agency is surviving during such tough times. What you are about to hear is the full interview. You responded very quickly uh, upon learning about the COVID-19 case. Do you want to talk about how that went We down? did. Yeah, we... Literally late Wednesday evening, I got a call from my general manager at 10 p.m. And we had learned that an operator trainee had tested positive. And the the, the trainee is in a, uh, I think it's a 12-week course. I'm sorry, it's a nine-week course. And for most of the time, they're in a classroom setting. And then they go out their last two weeks and are on trains with line instructors, you know, getting a feel for the system. And our train operators, these trainees, are actually bus operators that we have now, and they graduate into the light rail uh, area. So uh, we knew that this person had tested. We needed to make an, an immediate decision. At the time, we didn't know what the extent of exposure was, and we just thought for the, the greater good, it was late. It, we were going to be bringing in service in a couple of hours anyway. We had six trains out in the field. Uh, we thought, just bring them in. We'll get them uh, sanitized and put back in the yard. And then we decided not to open up service the following day. One of the other major decisions in that was that we have seen a decrease in ridership on light rail of 82%. And it goes down you know, two, three, four, five percentage points a day. So we were already contemplating whether we were going to be operating light rail service anyway. So it really just fast-forwarded the the decision to go ahead and uh, suspend the service. So do you think your light rail service is probably going to be suspended for a while since, like you said, you got the COVID-19 case and you have the ridership decline? I mean, is there any sense to really bring those light rail trains back in service right now? Right now, it's imminent. I think we're going to – not imminent – indefinite. <laughs> That's the word. Uh, right now, we are going to keep light rail closed. I think as people start to find other ways to get around, uh, we are an essential service. We still have our bus uh, operations running. So we're finding alternate trip plans. So light rail then becomes, uh, a, you know, in, in the distance there a little bit. So I think we had planned to go to a reduced 
service on Monday, March 30th. We were uh, reducing hours. We were going to start later and earlier, uh, but we're just not seeing the numbers right now to, to keep it open. Uh, that could change, but for now, we want to make sure that all the operators are sheltering in place if they uh, find that they were in close contact with the trainee, we want them to get tested. So we're just having everybody go through those protocols. And at the end of the day, if we don't have enough light rail operators to, to run the trains, we'll just keep it suspended. So Congress is about to pass the $2 trillion stimulus bill. Uh, I, I know it's making its way through the House right now. Um, yeah. It looks like transit's going to get $25 billion in relief. How much? How do you think that's going to help you guys, uh, VTRail? I know, I know it's too early to really comment on a because we know we're going to get this amount of money. But right. is it? Do you see yeah. that any kind of stimulus money helping you guys at this point? Well, anything is going to help. Uh, early on, uh, the Federal Transit Administration granted transit operators the ability to use our capital grant funding for direct operating costs associated with COVID-19. So that already was helpful. I mean, we are always struggling with not having enough money to maintain our operations and kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul right now uh, it puts us in a predicament later down the road. But that was already going to be helpful for us. And, um, you know, the $25 billion spread across all the United States public transportation agencies, um, we'll, we'll see how much we, we get. But any any amount will help, and it'll help us with, the uh, operations that we're uh, dealing with, because largely we are uh, we are funded through state, federal, and local taxes. Our fare box here in Santa Clara County, unfortunately, is the lowest among the country. We don't like having that title, but we have about uh, around an eight to ten percent fare box. So, meaning that. You know, 8 to 10% of uh, the cost of a ride is covered by the fare. We have a really robust local sales tax fund that helps us with not only capital expansion, but the operating and maintenance as well. So you kind of pretty much described it as far as, you know, money that's coming in for fares. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you as far as, how how is that money used, and and is the suspension of of a lot of businesses? Do you have a lot of a lot of funds tied to like sales taxes, mm-hmm. and would that affect it? Absolutely, and that's where we're going to be hit the hardest. We have a loss of fair revenue. The estimation per month is about three million dollars, and the the loss uh, due to the decline in all of our sales tax base revenues that's thirteen million dollars. So. There, you see how it that how that plays out, and the uh, decline in people being out, spending money. The people aren't traveling, so they're, we don't get the gas tax. Uh, that also helps us stay operational. It's uh, going to be a really big hit. Do you want to talk about your sanitation practices prior to uh, you coming down with this COVID-19 case as far as I'm talking about your your rail cars and and your employees? Yeah, sure. We did start to implement most immediately some enhanced cleaning efforts. Uh, Every day we were detail cleaning. This wasn't something that was done on a daily basis. So as buses come in, they're getting a thorough cleaning 
but we also realized that that doesn't help throughout the day. So we started to implement uh, wipe downs throughout the day uh, as trains go into the end of the line. We have uh, our maintenance employees wiping down the trains before they go back the other way. Uh, we've also had um, stations set up for the operators if they want to do some wipe down of their station areas. Uh, that was before we implemented the rear door boarding, and that happened overnight. We had uh, our maintenance crews looking at different ways to tape off the operator area, and uh, because our fare boxes are at the front where people board, we were asking people to rear door board so they really couldn't tag their, their uh, fare revenue card, which is Clipper here in the Bay Area. Uh, or reach the fare box. So it essentially triggered a no fare collection for us. And I want to say we were one of the first ones in the Bay Area to do that, and we're seeing more and more people doing that uh, now, which then triggers that no fare collection. So on top of low ridership, nobody getting on, uh, and now no one's paying. So that uh, will be a loss for us. So, I mean, obviously your sanitation efforts were, were very intense and thorough. Uh, I mean, was it a, a surprise to hear about this COVID-19 case, or was it a case of, well, it's going to happen eventually. There's no way you can avoid it. I think, in at least in my mind, it was if, not when. It was just, a, a, I think, a matter of time, because you don't – we're ordered to shelter in place. And, again, I think – Santa Clara County might have been on the forefront of that. Our governor has been very progressive in trying to, you know, slow the slow the spread of COVID-19 and you know, flatten the curve is really what uh, we're trying to do. And when we got the shelter in place order, I think people didn't quite understand what that means. I think some people took it very uh, seriously. And then you've got people still that are out and uh, you don't know what kind of exposure you have. So it's hard to, to control what people are doing, especially our front line who is essential to be out there with, with people. So um, I think my surprise was more that it was a trainee because they, they are not, especially in light rail, because they are in a cab, they are cut off from the public. Uh, there's no real interaction there. So I, I think it was, probably the best case of a worst case scenario. So are you guys still doing like maintenance work? I don't know if you guys are doing any kind of construction at this time, but is, is that still going on? We, we are. So as part of the, the, or the legal order that uh, we received from the county, uh, infrastructure construction is still considered essential. So we not, we're not only a transit provider, Santa Clara Valley Transportation Authority is a congestion management agency. So that means that we're not only operating transit, but we build and construct highway projects, bike paths. We are involved in grade separation projects for rail uh, uh, systems. So everything that's under construction right now is still going. Uh, I think some of the planning for our projects, uh, anything in design and, and planning may have slowed a little bit, but anything in construction, all of our crews are out there still working. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I know the city of Boston pretty much shut every construction activity down a couple of weeks ago. Do you, do you see it reaching? Could it reach that point in California? I don't know. I, you know, it's uh, it, it. We had an interesting uh, situation because when we did get the shelter in place, one of our construction teams on our on a highway interchange project, they went home. You know, we they they let us know that they weren't going to be uh, out in the field. And we had, it kind of came as a surprise and, and we uh, had our uh, legal team say, you know, I think you guys got to get back out there. I think that's part of the, the deal. So um, I think everybody's interpreting, you know, trying to interpret it and trying to foresee what might happen with any of this. We had our shelter in place order through April 7th. And schools were closed until then. And then we just, I think a day and a half ago, got an extension. We were, we were advised that schools were going to be closed until May 1st. Um, and I think soon to follow the shelter in place, we'll, we'll fall in line with that. So we keep seeing the goal line, uh, you know, change. So we, we just all kind of speculating on and trying to do this day by day. I would like to thank Brandy Childress from the BTA for taking the time to talk about what's going on with their operations. Stay tuned for more podcasts involving the transit and rail industries. I know we want to get a freight perspective from this coronavirus outbreak as well as an international perspective. So stay tuned for those tracks. I'm Bill Wilson. For all of us at Rail Group On Air, stay safe, stay healthy. And I'll see you down the line.